Okay. Hello out there in TV land and welcome to a very special and awkward episode of Bachelor, 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 Bachelor. the Bachelor Recap Prop Podcast brought to you by Lurk Mode and Sparse Mansion Media. My name is Jay Waves. I'm here with Mandy Says. How you doing, Mandy? I'm doing good. Okay, that's good. I'm glad you're doing good. I I'm feeling a little uncomfortable about what we're about to talk about, but it needs to be said. Mm-hmm. A lot has happened in Bachelor Nation since our last episode, and we needed to take some time to just acknowledge it and bring some of you up to speed. I'm sure anybody listening to this recap that isn't a personal friend of Mandy or myself probably already knows what's going on. But for those of you that don't, we're gonna we're gonna break it down for you real quick. So, uh, Mandy. What exactly happened this past week with Bachelor frontrunner Rachel Kirkconnell? So it's actually been a couple weeks that we've seen some social media activity coming up where Rachel has uh, liked posts with her friends standing in front of Confederate flags, wearing culturally appropriated costumes. And then the biggest one recently was there are photos of her at an Old South plantation party um, where it was fully themed and girls are pictured wearing big Gone with the Wind style dresses. And the theme of the the party is essentially slave ownership, plantation life. And this was in 2018 that she attended this party and and she lives in Georgia, right? So she does live in the South. She lives in the South, yes. And apparently it is actually a pretty popular uh, theme in the South. Great. Yeah, which is fucking terrible. After all this stuff came out last week, Chris Harrison went on Extra to talk to Rachel Lindsay, who amongst other things is the first black bachelorette ever and someone who has been speaking uh, a lot about race and the Bachelor franchise for for a while now. It's actually not a, a new conversation for her. But Chris went on extra to talk to her about it and then proceeded to royally fuck things up. You know, it starts out with Rachel asking him a very direct and simple question. He She asks him, what are your thoughts about Rachel Kirkconnell and the allegations attached to her? And his immediate response is, I haven't heard Rachel speak on this yet. And until I actually hear this woman have a chance to speak, who am I to say any of this? As someone that interviews people for a living, my biggest pet peeve is someone not answering a question that I ask them. And she asks for his thoughts on the allegations. You you can't not have thoughts, right? For him to say, I don't know, I haven't talked to Rachel about it, is just complete and total bullshit. Well, not only is he dodging the question, but then he proceeds to get really uh, sort of aggressive and mansplaining with her. Yeah, she um, she brings up, and Rachel Lindsay brings up uh, regarding the party. She said, "What what would I represent at that party?" It's, it's when you not, hold that under the lens. Book. It's not a good look. No, it's not a good. Well, Rachel, is it a good look in 2018 or is it not a good look in 2021? It's because not there's a, a good big look ever because she's celebrating well, the old South. She's cel- if I went to that party, what would I represent I, at that party? I don't I don't disagree with you. You're you're 100 percent right in 2021. That was not the case in 2018. And again, I'm not defending Rachel. I just know that I don't know. 50 million people did that in 2018. Now you see now, you done fucked up, you know that, don't you? 
2018 is not that long ago, and I think it's fair to say that anyone with a head on their shoulders would know that that's a stupid party to go to, number one. Number two, it's completely insensitive. No, so, you know what I'm saying? You done fucked up now. You know that, don't <laughs> Really, it, it's coming down to Chris Harrison and the way he handled this situation, and it was definitely inappropriate of him to be so disrespectful of... Rachel when he went on her show. And for those of you that want to know more about this, we highly recommend an episode of a podcast called Bachelor Party, specifically the Friday, February 12th episode where Rachel Lindsay and Van Lathan discuss what happened. And I just wanted to play a quick clip of that so y'all can really kind of understand and hear from Rachel Lindsay in her own words about how this this made her feel. He had the audacity to question me. During that conversation, he talked over me and at me. During that conversation, his privilege was on display. He never gave me room to talk and he never gave me room to share my perspective. He wasn't trying to hear it. He was just trying to be heard. That's only a snippet of a about 25 minute long podcast that um, it's, it's just really uh, anybody that wants to know more about this and know where Rachel is coming from and, and just really get a better understanding than Mandy and I can articulate about why this was inappropriate. We suggest listening to that episode and I will have a link to that in the show notes. I also just wanted to take a moment um, to say that, you know, the the Bachelor franchise in general has never been particularly awesome when it comes to race-related stuff. And you've even heard Mandy and I quip about how many, you know, Bachelor contestants are low-key Trumpers and how the, you know, target audience at times is a, uh, seems like a very sort of white Christian type of scene. But... <laughs> Oh, God, I suck so bad at this. But I wanted to read a paragraph from the most recent Vulture.com recap. This article is by Allie Barthwell, who is a black woman who has been covering the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise for Vulture since as far back as 2015. So you can be sure that she knows what she's talking about. And this is something that she had to say. This is a, a direct quote from her most recent recap. Off the top of my head, here's a bunch of racist stuff that's happened in the Bachelor cinematic universe. The casting of racist contestants, the casting of racist contestants on seasons with leads of color, going 24 seasons before having a black man as the Bachelor, going 12 seasons before having a black woman as the Bachelorette, casting entire seasons of both shows without contestants of color, casting token contestants of color, pitting contestants of color against racist contestants and encouraging drama between them, Sending a racist on a two-on-one date with a black man in the fucking woods. Letting white contestants use racist language to describe contestants of color they didn't like. Painting the racist actions of racist contestants as personality conflicts. The host of the show saying things like woke police on television where people could see him. Not protecting or standing behind contestants or leads of color when they were being targeted for racist harassment online. Painting the life experiences of contestants of color as exotic, calamitous, or ungraspable relying on stereotypes about people of color as part of their storytelling. So as you can see, you know, this drama is is nothing new within the franchise. This stuff has been going on a long time. And, uh, you know, Mandy and I just wanted to let you know that, uh, you know, we ain't down with that shit. No, not at all. All right. That being said, we're still going to do a Bachelor recap, despite how fucking icky we feel about this whole thing. You feel you feel ready to, to dive in now, now that we've... <laughs> 
wiped some of the slime off. Let me take a big old hit off my fucking vape right now. Bachelor, bachelor, the episode starts with a refresher course on party crasher Heather Martin inserting herself into the proceedings. Matt bails on Piper to size up yet another snack being served to him on a silver platter. Apparently, Bachelor alum Hannah Brown has done such a good job describing the size and shape of Matt's heart that Heather decided she needed to get a slice. Matt, <laughs> Matt holds hands with Heather while outside in the lobby, the other girls hold hands with a cheerful Piper. Matt praises Heather for being bold with a capital B, bold being a huge word from the Bachelor lexicon that has not been thrown around much this season. Heather emerges to be immediately shamed by all the women, and though Heather's tears hurt my heart, I understand where these women are coming from. Piper demands an apology, which I can't remember if she even receives because Kid is calling her a bitch to her face and Serena C is telling her to go the fuck home and then refers to her as a virus, which is just not cool in 2021. And now this outside factor, this virus is like coming in and she's infecting the whole system. Chris and Matt have a heart to heart and Chris doesn't appear to be at all racist. After praising Heather for renting a minivan to come see him, Matt politely tells her he is going to follow his heart and not his penis and escorts her back to said van. Good thing she isn't crying too hard or she would probably crash into a tree. It's really surreal seeing a losing contestant driving themselves, which makes me miss Kayla and her pickup truck. The girls rejoice at seeing her leave and Matt's speech about defending his harem and his subsequent apology to Piper turns the couches they are sitting on to flotation devices. He apologizes to Piper, and they pick up where they left off. Whatever else happens, I can't remember. It's time for the rose ceremony. Dun, dun, dun. Yo, um, what's up? Yo, that was the tingly twat moment right there. I get the tingles in a silly place. Matt really did come through in the clutch on that one, man. He held it down. He stuck yeah. up for his ladies and let them know that they were important and that he can see his wife in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, I kind of like how he he got swaggy with it. Like the way he described it, he's like, don't worry. Like nobody else is showing up or something like that. He did it in a, in a nice, I don't know if swag is the word, but I definitely see what you're saying. He came through with some, we yeah. can call it swag. He put a little something on it. He, he put, put a little mustard on it. on it. I mean, why do you think they all got the tingles? Yeah, all of no, them. They were no. like, oh my God, I have a massive boner for him now. And someone said when he said something about, yeah, don't worry, nobody else is showing up. I can't remember who said it, but someone said, can we get that in writing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny too. I'm glad that it was so lighthearted, you know, in the, in the beginning because then, you know, it went directly into, uh, no, actually. I was like going to say that it went to the rose ceremony, but it didn't. He's like, hey, Piper, let's pick up where we left off. Yeah, and but I don't remember what happens after that. I mean, I'm sure he continues to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with them, and then it goes to the rose ceremony. Yo, uh, Serena C, I'm I'm starting to like fall in love with Serena C because she she's such a bee, and she uh, did you see her big door knocker earrings? Mm. She was the swaggiest one in the room. Well, did I write her dress down? Because I've been writing down dresses. Uh, Serena C. Hi oh, Serena C with the high slit. Bro, we'll talk Bro, about her we'll slit. Talk about uh, her we'll slit. talk about her slit more uh, in the next in the next bit here. But yo, those. I mean, listen, like Heather. I'm not gonna say that Heather deserved anything or that Heather didn't deserve everything that she got because it was crazy of her to think she could just fucking come on and, and get away with this shit. Mm -hmm. But yo, the ladies went, eh, 
in on her. Yeah. They went hard on her. They went so hard. Like just, they were like all like shoulder to shoulder. Like they built like a wall of hate and just fucking stared her down. And I mean, Kit straight up called her a bitch to her face. Bitch, uh, what are you doing? Like, yeah. bitch, what are you doing? Piper goes, you're just bachelor hopping. Yeah, bachelor hopping, which was classic. You're just bachelor hopping. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, you guys. That's like the ultimate slut shame on The yeah. Bachelor. <laughs> or like, oh my God, Jasenia. I think she was like one of the first ones because I think she's saying, yeah, I just really wanted to come. And Jasenia goes, oh, you're so late. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing here? Um, I am here to meet Matt. The first oh, one? you're so late. <laughs> I know, like. Dude, Jasenia, I I have a love-hate relationship with Jasenia over the course of this episode, you know, because she was like, she seemed kind of like sweet and 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 about that, you know, the good vibes when she had the beef with MJ, mm-hmm. and I kind of liked her. But she, throughout this episode, definitely shows like some evilness, or She's- at least in this part to where I start to not like her. And then maybe later on I start to like her again, but we'll we'll get to that. She's definitely fiery for sure. She's not someone that you would want to fuck with, like as a woman. Like I would not want to piss her off. She's like a. She seems like she'll. She's a like a car keer. Yeah, like, like a tire slasher. A li- yeah, yeah. You know, because she, she's little, so she's probably used to like mean tricks as opposed to like you know physical stuff. Mm-hmm. Bachelor, bachelor, bachelor. All right, are we ready to uh, get to this rose ceremony? Let's do it. All right. The edit shows a full moon, and I wondered to myself if there is actually a full moon that night, as it dawns on me that being in a house full of ten women, all dating the same man, during a full moon, when Mercury was also likely in retrograde, is a scary thing indeed. Matt has a big smile for Kit as he hands her a rose. Chris does not match the decor, nor seem to know that his days are numbered. Chelsea and Serena C. are sent home, and goddamn Serena C. looks so hot as she exits, making me wish she had indeed got to know Matt a little better. But no worries, she will most definitely be starring on Bachelor in Paradise, and despite her definitely red level of toxicity, her side quips and delivery are priceless. So, who do we lose? We lose Chelsea and Serena C. Serena C. Chelsea, who walks out like it's the runway. Yeah, well, that's the only way she knows how to walk. Yeah, dude. But, yo, I, for some reason, I don't know. I feel like I thought Serena C was like a little pocket edition, but when she fucking strutted out of there, her legs were long, her cleavage was on point. She looked so fucking good. I was like, that's your, that's your boner moment, isn't it? Uh, actually, well, yes, I guess it is. I had another one picked out. I think I know what it is. Do you? Yeah. You think you know what my other boner moment is? Yeah, it's, but- It has nothing to do with, um, uh, Serena P getting twisted into a fucking pretzel. No. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but that, I have, I have changed that. So, uh, you know, we don't have to save it for the end. We can straight up say that when I saw Serena C exit- I was- Hard. <laughs> um, for real. So do you have do you have a list of who's left just to, yeah, just to got, let everybody know? So Michelle and Piper had roses going into it. So then we have Brie who gets the first rose. Oh, God, in a tight, tight, tight white midi dress. That, and she is so petite and cute. Oh, my God. She's adorable. She's got this cute little like strappy sandals on. Loved it. Rachel. Uh, which, gosh, that dress was awful. She was wearing like a one-shoulder satin 
get up thing and it just looked terrible. I just, I'm not a big fan of ruching. It was hella ruched and then it had like a, whoa, it had like a, like Hold a. Hold on, but for the, for the uninformed, myself included, what is ruching? I love learning a new fashion term. So ruching is when the, the fabric is gathered and makes these like, uh, Almost like, yeah, the, the fabric is gathered. So it's like folds that go across your body. And it's supposed to hug your curves. And like for women, for women that don't have curves, they do the ruching thing. Because okay, I it, think I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, because it makes you look more curvy. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I Who likes it? I, I don't know. I guess it's the. I don't know. Yo, I, sing it with me, okay? Here we go. The roosh, the, the roosh, the roosh is on fire. <laughs> We should let the ruching burn. Yeah, seriously, that shit um, sucks. Okay, so Rachel and her ruch get a rose. Uh, Racist Ser- ruching Rachel. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Serena P, um, Kit, Jasenia, and Abigail get the uh, Abigail gets the last rose. Poor, in her, poor Abigail. And her plunging Damn. neckline. God, she is. She's a beautiful. She's just beautiful inside. And she's out. just a beautiful soul. Beautiful. Yeah human i love her we all love abigail mm-hmm. what if she's the next bachelorette i think i actually know some spoilers about who the next one is. well that's something to talk about and i, I as i was wading through all this um bachelor nation drama i was had to be very careful to avoid spoilers um along the way but the next day chris comes in and the eight remaining women still look great with no makeup on In a shocking twist, Serena P. gets a second one-on-one, and Jasenia and Abigail look crushed, as they should be, since a second one-on-one at this point in the game is a pretty big deal. Matt makes a reference to feeling like he put Serena P. in the friend zone, but what better way to dig her out than some tantric yoga? Matt holds her in the air while she twists like a pretzel in whatever direction she can to avoid her lips getting close to his. Which is ironic, because Matt's lips do tantric yoga on their own every time he thinks about kissing one of the contestants. Meanwhile, another date card arrives and Jasenia gets the one-on-one, officially shattering what is left of Abigail's heart. The night portion of the date arrives, and Matt is sporting a deeply ridged low mock. And Serena has come through with her hair looking like curly fries, because I'm watching this bullshit before breakfast. (laughs) Matt likes her authenticity at telling him she doesn't like to make out in public, a.k.a. in front of a sex teacher, but then kisses him in front of five producers, three PAs, four cameramen, a boom mic operator, everyone from hair and makeup, the groundskeeper at Nima Colon, Chris Harrison's racist uncle who was visiting the set that day, and Matt James's mom who was still wandering around after Victoria went home and the producers no longer needed her as a hostage. (laughs) Serena confesses to be both excited and stressed out about the prospect of a hometown date, and she and Matt go ice skating as what I feel like is probably fake snow is blown into their faces. What do we think about this date with Serena P? I don't, she's kind of a square. I'm like, what's up? She's a total square. Like, she seems like a nightmare to date, especially for someone like Matt. Yo, she seems like the kind of girl that's like, ew, don't get cum on me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And that's, that's, that's out. Dude, she's a bore. She's a snooze. I'm sorry. She is so adorable, but. Yo, she a yoga teacher? She can bend like a motherfucker. Yeah. Like She's, she was doing all this. She like knew what she was doing. With she the totally yoga stuff. knew what she was doing. Yeah. Dude, he was holding her up with just her feet. That's not him. That's all her. Just, you his, gotta make, just his feet? Yeah, his feet. You said just her feet. 
Oh. He was holding her up with just his feet. Yeah, his she was feet. she was he was on his back and she was bouncing on his feet up in yeah. the air and she was like Dude, that's all her, dude. That's yeah. like you gotta keep your body like stiff AF. But man, I was really disappointed in her, actually. Yeah, me too. She's so cute and she's sweet and it's funny because I didn't get the I don't like PDA vibe from her in previous conversations. I mean, they definitely made out before and she seemed pretty affectionate yeah it seemed weird i mean you know i was i was obviously trying to be funny earlier but like they are constantly surrounded by people so yeah. anytime that she's making out with matt she is she's making out in public you know there are other people there like sometimes i wonder if like they try to make it intimate and they uh -huh. just like set up a camera and like you know, people go run and hide, but I, I highly doubt that's nah. actually what's happening. They're all over there. Yeah, they're yeah. everywhere. But I actually had another tingles moment. And this is like a moment where I get the tingles in a silly place. So when they're talking, they have like a little like charcuterie board or something. You know, they're in like a, they're on like a <laughs> oh, couch Oh yeah, she, she introduced him to the charcuterie board. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. So she, um, they're talking about, you know, the date, she's describing how she hated it. And he says, you know, there was this moment where we were just sitting towards each other and we were we were staring at each other. And he said, I felt naked. And I'm like- And then you imagined him naked and you got wet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I love that he said that. Like he was trying to show her like, hey, I really enjoy this. And this was much more than- a sex, you know, being in sexy poses together. Like this was an emotional thing. This was a time for me to, you know, see you, you know? But do you think that despite all that, Matt was also secretly thinking inside, like, man, sex with her is going to be so boring. Yeah, 100%. Like she won't, I, at this point, I'm like, nah, she ain't going to bone in the fantasy suite. I, I thought immediately there's no way she's getting a freaking rose. But she's just so, like, who... Who, like, on paper, like, doesn't want to date her, though? You know, she's cute and she's bubbly. She's flexible. She's fit. She's fat, fit, fun. But she really just revealed the, the, the squareness, which to me is just a huge turnoff. Well, yeah. Once, once that's, like, seen and once we know that, I mean, do you, you don't still want to date her after that, right? I, I would... See, I, I understand him his his wanting to give her the rose though, because it's almost like he like doesn't want to believe what he already knows, you know? So yeah. he's like, maybe her family will be really cool and I'll be oh I'll be okay. But you know, maybe and also like think about who's left. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh he definitely likes her better than some. Um, but it's just too bad. I don't know. I wonder you know, we've talked about him. He's Captain Savaho, so you know he's he he makes any situation work. Yeah. You know, as far as like conversation and, and all that. But that was a serious it was a serious rose that he gave her. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And I mean I get where he's coming from in that she wasn't afraid to speak her mind and say what she didn't like and Which be, is cool. Be upfront, which is super cool and honest. And I liked that I I actually also liked that about her in terms of just the general approach that she took. Um, but yeah, I'm just surprised that he'd be okay with that because he just doesn't seem like a guy that's... 
I do. I agree with you, though. I do like that she like voiced her opinion in a way yeah. that was like, yo, like, I don't like this shit. And I don't want to do that again. And that's certainly something that I can see myself saying, <laughs> despite oh, really? not being a square. Oh, you're being sarcastic. Um, So, you know, props to her. Um, <laughs> Props to her for that. Um, all right. Next, we have Matt starring in a Peloton commercial, probably wearing a bathing suit that Mandy says used to sell at her store when she lived in New York. <laughs> The quote-unquote group date is just drinks in the usual lounge, and we are once again reminded that this has been a very irregular season of The Bachelor, because if it had been a normal season, they would most likely be somewhere tropical having a hot pepper-eating contest in sundresses. Matt has on one of his signature turtlenecks and a leather jacket that looks so soft, I cringe thinking about all the baby cows that were murdered for it. Brie lets Matt know about the sacrifices she's made, which include most recently resigning from her job in order to stay on the show, and her laptop in the other room explodes as her LinkedIn profile breaks the internet. Kit tells him that she's down for marriage as long as Matt is cool with her living her best life for the next five years. Piper says she's falling in love with him, and of course, Matt loves it. In fact, he loves everything that happens on this date, except poor Abigail wondering why he gave her the first impression rose and then never spoke to her again. Matt lets her down in a way that he thinks is easy, but she knows is rough, and he escorts her off campus. America cries. And after Rachel gets the rose, the remaining women, all of whom turned it on extra hard tonight, cry too. But Matt literally has zero time for that bullshit because he immediately grabs Rachel's hand and they run out the door for a private sway session in front of the extremely talented Aloe Black. And I can't help but think the producers heard my complaints about the last episode featuring Tarantula Canyon or whatever the fuck they were called. <laughs> Rachel rubs Matt's soft jacket and starts to brainstorm on how to tell her parents that she's in love with a black guy. After the date, Kit shows up to Matt's looking very distraught and starts to vent, and Matt looks like he is doing neck exercises as he furiously nods. Kit confesses that she has doubts because she thinks he has doubts, which leads her to having doubts and that he deserves to be with someone who doesn't have doubts so that she can't have doubts about him. It's a doubt paradox, a doubt inception, a doubt enigma wrapped in a doubt burrito, and it's too much for Kit to handle, so she excuses herself. No doubt about it. Did you notice, though, uh, in the group date that Kit was rocking some fucking Gucci pantyhose? How did you know that they were Gucci? Because they had the G's. They had G's no on shit, them. shit, man. Yeah. Dude, she's like the fashion icon. Kit is killing it, but she really does have no business on the show. After she ran down her lists of like, it's cool if we get married and all, but, and then was like, I have to do this. I, I have, have to a five-year plan. I have to graduate from school and I have to travel and I have to probably sleep with a bunch of other guys. And like, I mean, she She's had, fucking 21, isn't she? She's yeah, like, she's, she's 21. a baby. Dude, she still has to finish school. <laughs> I mean, we can all agree that Matt is a man's enough man, man, that he is like, He's a man. He doesn't need to be dating a schoolgirl. Yeah. But she's a very mature schoolgirl. We decided she was a little mature, but, you know, still, I mean, 21 is just, you. you there's only so much you can really know about life at that, at that point. And well, Matt's got to know that. I think he's just, she's just really fun and hot and talented and rich. Like, what's not to like? I also like the fact that she, she dresses pretty conservatively. Like, if you notice, she doesn't show a lot of skin. 
But she, that's true. She always looks amazing. Yeah, she's good. I mean, she she sometimes comes through on some like you know like the fashion shit, like mm-hmm. the normcore shit. Like she's probably got some like super unattractive clunky sneakers on and some like mom jeans. Yeah, and like uh like a baby shirt from the nineties. But you're right. Mm. I mean, whatever she does, she um she does it well. Yeah. If anyone uh, wants to sponsor me and get me a Fiorucci crop tee, I'll give you my address if you slide in my DMs. <laughs> Is that what uh, is that what she was wearing? <laughs> no, but that's like a normcore like crop t shirt from the nineties. Got you, man. I love it when you come through with the fashion, the fashion stuff, and then I, when I, when I have no idea what you're talking about because I feel like that means like you know shit that I don't, which you do. I know a do. lot of shit that you don't. <laughs> I know, I know, but like I just like it when you drop when you drop the fashion realness. Yeah, but let's talk about how. Brie had to quit her job. Um, apparently, this was like a really big deal. Yeah, that's what they're saying on the internet. Though yeah. Nobody seems to know exactly what her job uh, is. but She was the communications manager for a, a big tech company. And apparently, she can't say what the tech company or who the tech company is. Oh, she probably got like an NDA But or it's something. like fucking Facebook or Google or some shit like you that. You think it's that big? I think it's that big. Damn. Yeah. And now it makes me wonder, like the recruiter in me is like, Okay, so how was she going to get a job after this? Because if she can't say where she worked, then... Well, bro, that's why I made that. I mean, that was kind of for you too. But like, that's why I made like the LinkedIn joke. Because I'm like, I mean, Brie is obviously out here killing it. And I'm sure that all types of companies... I mean, this is maybe me just being... This is the the dreamer in me. But I just assumed that like all types of companies would be like trying to holler at her. Yeah. I mean... Yes and no. I guess, yeah, maybe being on TV is not something that every company would want, like uh, uh, an important person at their company to have on their resume. Right. And especially because if you're a communications manager, that means that you're kind of like a... Are you looking her up on LinkedIn right now? Of course. (laughs) Have we met? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, While you looked that up. No, I've I've said all that. Yeah, see, I didn't even bother looking her up before because I knew she wasn't going to be on here. She's not. What's her last name? Do you even Springs. know it? Her name is Bree Springs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a name. Oh, that sounds like an adult film star name. Yeah. Well, I mean, she can star in a film of- Okay. Just just end know. that joke yeah, before- Yeah, that's over. Before it ends itself. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's over before it started. <laughs> the one-on-one with Yesenia, some stunt driving and blah, blah, blah. I'm really over it at this point. The main thing I find myself wondering is if Jasenia shit herself while Matt was doing donuts because she starts out the date in high-heeled boots and light denim high waters, but by the time Matt is slamming her on the hood of a car for a makeout session, she has completely different gear on from the waist down. Straight up. She had some like white, like flowy pants and like some no little way. soft shoes. Yeah. She came strutting out in these in these boots and her, her high waters, so I, I don't know what happened, but mm. uh, maybe they were like, yo, you can't fucking drive a car with those heels on. I don't know, but she had some different shit on. So maybe she shit her fucking pants. (laughs) When the evening portion rolls around, Matt is not wearing a turtleneck. So things are not looking good for Jasenia. The scene they have set for the fake dinner has some uncharacteristically bright light, which also does not bode well for a romantic snuggle session. Matt does not look stoked at all. And as he starts to flex his mouth and jaw, it is apparent that it is to prepare for his lips to say something difficult as opposed to eating her face. Jasenia drops a falling in love with you. In response, Matt picks up the rose and practically puts it under her nose to smell before telling her that he can't give it to her. 
No, no, no. Not for you. Apparently, like, I always thought that they picked up the rose and then set it down. I thought that was a thing. But some of the recaps I've been reading are like, yo, what the fuck is up with Matt dangling roses? Because you talked about this in the last episode, too. He straight up is just dangling these roses in front of these ladies before being like, snake. Because he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He's never done this before. He's never been in the position before. You know, so he just doesn't know how much of a tease that is, how terrible that is. Well, is that, I mean, I'm just trying to flash back to whether or not they've done that in the past. Because I always kind of thought that was the move. Like, what do you, you just leave it there and kind of like poignantly stare at it and then be like, yeah, I can't give that to you. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know, that day, I mean, you know, it looked fun. I would love to, to, you know, to to get in a car like that and, and drive through a bunch of shit, you know, whatever. But um but can i tell you what i thought your boner moment was yeah go ahead when she told made him pick pick her up on put her on the hood of the car no that was really cute that was really cute but i'll tell you what my boner moment is when she shows up for dinner in that pink peach fucking very form-fitting dress yo she has got ass (laughs) dude Her butt was poking out. She had like a jacket that like hit the butt and then it just was like, you know, like set a glass on it. That shit was popping. I don't know. I was like, Jacinia got ass. I didn't know. Now I know. I was hard. (laughs) (laughs) You love a booty. Well, it just, I don't know. Like it was, it was such a surprise to me that it it really got me going. But, you know, you could just tell that Matt wasn't feeling it you oh know? there's no chemistry on that date whatsoever none and there never has been chemistry between them no not really yeah which makes me upset that he decided to do the one-on-one with her instead of doing it with abigail but you know what he must have already checked out on abigail and just you know was maybe just keeping her around to be nice or something because he didn't even give abigail a chance yeah he was too busy wondering whether or not serena p was in the fucking friend zone than to give you know what i mean he went on yeah. two dates with serena p and then jesenia and abigail basically had to dump herself like what a fucking dick about that shit like yeah fuck that which kind of reinforces my theory which i feel fucking terrible saying but that he gave abigail the first impression rose just because he felt bad for her and wanted to like make her feel good but like yeah because he's such a fucking captain save yeah well and I, I wonder if this is the first time where the first impression rose goes at this point i feel like the first impression rose usually makes it to like at least hometown definitely and that was a point that you made in the very beginning when you were talking about you saw abigail going far and i was yeah. like i don't know but then you brought up the point that first i mean i feel like what are, how often we should really look this stuff up how often does first impression rose actually make it to the final two i'd say most often. of the time yeah, yeah most so of this the is time. a bit of a shocker which again also proves uh your theory that matt doesn't really understand like even consciously or subconsciously how the the franchise works because he's kind of just doing shit uh his own way but yeah you know this has been this season started off so groundbreaking and it has just kind of devolved into kind of a puddle of shit it's a mishmash for sure and and he's definitely doing things and saying things for good pr i think well you know he's he wants everybody to be happy you Mm -hmm. know he's a he's a crowd pleaser and he i've i've seen this mentioned in like other recaps as well that it it, it just kind of feels like like 
dude, after that group date, tonight's group date, every single one of those women was like, oh, shit, I just got the rope. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know what it would be like to be in that situation. And I'm trying to think of seasons past, like if he's like, quote unquote, like leading them on. But mm-hmm. like every woman in that moment felt like they had just made a meaningful connection with him and they were getting the rose. And when he gave it to Rachel and basically grabbed Rachel by the hand and just ran out of the fucking room with her. Yeah. It, they showed they, I mean, it was, it was cruel. They showed every one of those women crying. Losing they were it. all crying because they were all so crushed. And I, I don't know. It just, it seems like he really just is telling everybody what they want to hear because that's just the kind of guy he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like I said earlier, like he's doing that so that- Is he they, in real estate? Is he a sales bro? <laughs> 100%. He's yeah. a real estate broker. Yeah. He's doing that so they let their guard down so he can get to know them better. But really at the end of the day, it's like he knows it's Rachel. And most of like, I listen to a lot of other other like Bachelor podcasts and and what other you know people say. And they know pretty early on right? Like, I love Nick Vial. I always listen to his stuff. And he knew it was going to be uh, Vanessa pretty early on. Vanessa? Oh, you're talking about on his season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, even the girls knew. So I feel like at this point, it's like pretty obvious that Rachel might, it, it, there's a good, there's a good possibility that Rachel is I got it. you. I got you. And you know, earlier tonight, I wanted to, uh, I think this part has got edited or is going to get edited out. But earlier tonight, I corrected you on saying that Rachel was the front runner. And I was like, no, say a front runner because, you know, there's other women there. But like, looking back, I'm going to have to say like, yeah, I guess she really is the front runner. She's like, the she front seems runner. like the winner right now, which yeah. is, you know, and the fact that Matt has defended her. Because, you know, we didn't mention this in the in the opening, but, you know, Matt also came out in Rachel's defense, I think, before Chris went on Rachel's show. Really? Matt. Yeah. Matt was like, oh, she's you know, she's a great person. He defended her. I, I don't have an exact quote, but no I know way. I know that he defended her. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. And I looked everywhere for something from him. I'm pretty sure he said. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he said something. Let's just assume for right now that he did. Yeah. Um, Which would also, you know, reinforce the fact that shit, maybe he did end up with her. Hmm. Yeah. But you know, here's something that I wanted to say. Like, let's say that for for the sake of this argument, let's just call Rachel racist, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just say that she's racist. You know, and for whatever reason agreed to go on this show knowing that the bachelor was black. But let's say that, you know, throughout this process, she has learned some things. Mm-hmm. You know? Maybe she's dating a black man for the first time in her life. Maybe she's actually hanging out with black women for the first time in her life. Like she could be undergoing positive life altering changes like as we speak. Right. You know what I mean? Like we all, you know, people love, you know, maybe this is just white people, but people love movies like American History X, you know, they love seeing the, the, the misinformed racist piece of shit change and grow Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that this has been a life-changing experience for Rachel. And, you know, I think that she probably has learned a lot through this experience. And as as negative as all this shit feels, I feel like we can this is a good thing in the sense that like besides just making, you know, everybody aware of like this kind of stuff, like every time these types of stories, you know, are are in the media, you know, we all learn something. But like mm-hmm. You know, I, I think Rachel will probably be a better person because of all this. Oh, I 100% agree. I agree. And I think when, you know, 
as Chris Harrison would say, the woke police put their sirens up and start calling calling you out. It's a good thing because it's an opportunity for you to look at yourself and look at what decisions you've made and recognize that you've made mistakes and learn from them. Bachelor, bachelor, it's tough to, for us sometimes to talk about some of this Bachelor Nation news because I think Mandy's on this and I, I know that I am. Like, I try to avoid like too much of the gossip outside of like actually just watching the show and reading recaps because I don't want spoilers, but you know, it seems like if, if we're going to do this, like there's just, there's obviously just so much more to this. You know, we talk about bachelor nation and there's a lot that goes on. So I imagine moving forward, we will be, uh, we'll be addressing the, uh, both the, the highs and lows, Mm -hmm. uh, of bachelor nation in the future. Can I just tell you that when you, when you and I like first started talking about The Bachelor and you uh, said Bachelor Nation a lot, I remember thinking it was like the nerdiest thing. <laughs> I was like, Bachelor Nation, is that really what it's called? And then I Googled it and they're like, yeah, it's a real thing. Like Bachelor Nation. We are in the nation of the Bachelor franchise. Yeah, this show fucking for better or worse is fucking huge. It's a cult. And there are, there's, I mean, there's bachelors all over the. I think every country that yeah. you know has some money and some fucking TV producers has their own version of the Bachelor. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Matt shows up to the rose ceremony in a nice outfit that I can't think of any way to make fun of. His remaining three women to choose from are the slowly unraveling Piper, the lusciously fit Michelle, and Bree, the boss ass bitch. Matt chooses Bree and Michelle, and silently walks Piper out who doesn't say shit before hopping in the whip and slamming the door in his face. Nah, she doesn't even look at him. And you know, poor Piper, she really beats herself up in the car afterwards talking about what a waste this was. And like, I just wanted to console her and be like, you know, Piper, like it wasn't a waste. Like you really went for it. Like you were like a real part of this. And, you know, I I don't know. I, I just I just wanted to really like just like pet her in that moment and tell her it was okay. Yeah, she definitely like really let down the walls and you know they all say that right they all say i have a wall up and i'm going to try to be vulnerable with you and a lot of times it's kind of bullshit you know but i think with piper it really was a real thing she really uh, was struggling with being open and being vulnerable and she pushed herself and i think that's what hurt her and stung her the most was that she let that she let her guard down and it fucked her in the uh, post credit scene, we see something that I think everybody in the nation really enjoyed, which was uh, yeah. Michelle getting ready to do a toast, but being like, hold up, let me get some push-ups in I first, because she wanted to get pumped. Before I want to make my toast, I just do want to make sure that I look good for the camera. So I'm going to knock out a few push-ups real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking at her arms like, you know, we've talked about other women on this season being athletes or athletic, but like, yo, Michelle looks like she was seriously like doing something like she might have been balling. She might have been doing some other type of shit because she is fit. And anybody who wants to fucking drop and fucking pop push ups, 
in an be- evening gown before holding her arms up so she can look swole as somebody who has a high level of fitness absolutely because regular people don't even think about that kind of shit i didn't know that was a thing until you told me it was a thing yeah because i talked about like wanting to do push-ups before going out to the beach and shit yeah, yeah exactly. you, gotta, you gotta get you gotta get pumped up <laughs> i think we both did push-ups before going out to the beach <laughs> yo i mean I'm, I'm saying if i'm gonna take my shirt off let me get it let me get the blood let me get the blood vessels engorged before i uh before i take my shirt off and you know another thing that i want to reflect on is like this shit is it's not easy being on this show like it is it has got to be painful like it has it's got to fuck with your mind and body and it is difficult and there's got to be a lot of highs and lows and it's amazing how high everybody feels in that moment after the rose ceremony yeah like when they were doing that toast and they were showing that footage like everybody was laughing like you know they've all had that like adrenaline dump where like right they're able to relax after being like super tense and they're drinking champagne and they're laughing and like they don't really have to face reality again until tomorrow and i just was thinking about like all the like endorphins and shit in that room and like how how good everybody must feel in that moment to be like, we just made it to the next round. Let's drink some yeah. champagne. Like nothing really matters for the rest of the night. You know, all the women are still friends, even though they're yeah. like competing in a very fierce competition against each other. It's just kind of, it's kind of, it was just kind of beautiful seeing that extreme high, but you know, sad knowing the extreme lows that also right. come with it. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, one of my favorite parts about this, this time and this, I guess this time we're in in the season is when you see the relationships with the women and how how close they become and how they confide in each other about their boyfriends, even though their boyfriend is the same fucking dude, which is yeah, fucking yeah, wild. That's true. That's right? true. And, and that to me is like now the next few episodes, I feel like we're going to see like we're going to see some shit that's probably going to make me cry. Because I'm going to be like, now we're going to see like real raw emotions. Now I feel like we're getting to a point where this is like, this is real stuff. Like, like this is like relationship stuff at this point. But also one thing that we haven't pointed out is, you know, we've, we've been like referring to it. But what's coming up next for the uninitiated is hometowns. And hometowns are usually this huge deal. Uh, it, there's It's always for the final four women. And the uh, bachelor or bachelorette and therefore peoples will fly to the location, the hometowns of the contestants. But since we're in pandemic fucking crazy quarantine times, they're going to be doing, I assume, what they did last season where they're not actually going to the hometowns, but just the the parents and the family will be coming to Nima Colon and probably setting up some kind of in the fucking conference room, setting up some type of cuisine like they eat wherever the fuck they're from and, and just calling it a day, you know. Right. And again, that's kind of a bummer because, you know, when you get to meet someone's family, it's also obviously like cool to like see what does this environment entail? Like, where do they live? How is their house decorated? Like, what's the vibe yeah. in this place, you know? And you get, you really do get a feel for the person that you're dating by seeing where they're from. It, it tells you a lot. And yeah, it's kind of- you see them in their element. And it's shitty that that's something that can't happen right now, you it know? It really sucks. Yeah, it definitely sucks. Because that's a, always a fun part to see- uh, anyone so the women for the bachelor season or the men for the bachelorette just saying oh this is the spot where when i was a kid my dad used to take me here and you know those little those cute little moments like yeah this doesn't this doesn't allow for that which really sucks um but you know 
It is what it is. I hate when people say that, but I just did. And uh, think about that. I hope for the fantasy suites that they have like different rooms, you know, because like what if the fantasy <laughs> suites is just like Matt bones one chick in his room and then the next night, the next girl comes over to the same room. And it's then like the a third revolving night, door. Yeah, like it's just Matt, like just banging chicks in his dorm room. Like they totally need to... I don't know how they're going to do it. Like they should try to set up the fantasy suites in like as far away locations from one another as possible. Can I just say something? And I meant to say this earlier when we were talking about like, you know, him being Captain Savaho and being super prim and proper and, and whatever put together. Dude, like he's a fucking, he's like a little scrub. Like he's a skater, dude. He's like, now he's got this big, big beard. He's always rocking some like, you know, cool beanie. It's so weird. Like, I feel like now, like current matchings we're seeing is not nothing like bachelor matchings. What do you mean the seen. Matt James that you are now stalking on social media? Yeah. He's cool as fuck. I mean, okay, but you just call him a scrub. I mean, like, like not as put together. Well, I mean, you've got a lot of different guys. For example, like I just talked about him boning out a bunch of chicks in his room, but he's also this good Christian boy. Yeah. So, you know, what are his opinions on sex? I mean, he wanted to say, you know, he hasn't been saying any prayers lately. You know, mm -hmm. he said that prayer and on day one and, and got everybody damp, but <laughs> he when's, he hasn't said a prayer. No. Uh, but now if, if some of the women want to talk about God, I guess he will talk about God, but yeah. maybe they're not putting that stuff in there. I don't know. I'm just like, what does a good Christian boy do when he's like, I get to sleep with three women in a row on three consecutive nights? Like, how does... How does that work in his Christian little mind? I mean, maybe maybe those conversations are being had, but they're just not putting it in the show because they don't want to overwhelm it and alienate a demographic. He does like flossing like a bearded skater dude now, though, doesn't he? Dude, he's good, too. He's got swag. I like the way he rides. It's like wavy. <laughs> okay, well, he, uh, <laughs> he's got some moves. I mean, he's... He's he's all right. He's all right. He's all right. I mean, I ain't seen nothing too exciting yet, but he definitely knows how to ride a skateboard. It's definitely him. I edited out the I edited out the part in our first episode where I implied that it wasn't him doing the ollie on his skateboard and that it was a stunt double because I went back after uh, we recorded that part and I looked and it was definitely him. So you know, props to him. He can do he can do a few things. He can do a yeah. few things. I'm, I'm gonna need to see more before I. I totally dick ride him on, on that account. But uh, <laughs> yeah, good for Matt. Good for Matt and his beard. Uh, I wonder what Rachel thinks of it. Going to be really curious to see how this pans out. Who the f*** are these random ass hoes? And that brings this icky, awkward, awful episode of The Bachelor and also the encompassing episode of Bachelor, Bachelor, Bachelor. to a close. Yeah, we done. There's four left. We got hometowns next week. There's four episodes left? No, four people. Oh, four, four people. What are we going to do? I know there's going to be like a back-to-back -back fucking eight-hour long shit. We're going to have to do like a fucking I was crazy-ass fucking podcast to talk about that shit. I was just Googling when the last episode is going to be and how many episodes are left. How many I, are left? I, I couldn't find anything. <laughs> you must not have tried very hard. I didn't. 